0: You said it was going to be all right! You said it would be all right cause you'd be there! Why didn't you protect my dad's ship like you said you would?
1: Why couldn't you use your abilities to defeat them?
0: Flay, Kira did try his best. You didn't make any serious attempt to fight, did you? It's
1: because you're a coordinator too! <laughs> Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast. Gundam Seed podcast, where we watch every episode of Gundam Seed, and then tell you about how great it is, and how we like it, and how pink hair is best hair. My (laughs) name is Jeremy.
0: Well, I currently have green hair, so, you know, close second. I'm Tyler. I have normal color hair. Assistant on the podcast, my name is Zach. Normal colored (laughs) hair, that's my favorite
1: color. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Normal colored hair that I really need to get a haircut.
1: Okay, so my... Dryer has three settings. They are off, medium, and loud.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> loud, it's a
2: dryer. Also, medium. Yes. Now, just like low and high, but medium
1: and loud. It, it, there's three things. There's three things that have nothing to do with each other, right? Exactly. It's great.
2: They're categorically
1: completely off. It's for a buzzer that goes when it's done drying.
0: Oh, okay. That like but yes,
1: I, I looked. At, I'm like, okay, off. Yeah, medium. Yeah, loud.
0: What? I I was thinking you were talking about like the settings for the dryer, like. How well does it dry? Like, high heat, low heat, loud heat, off heat? I Like, I don't know. Gundam water. <laughs> no, that's the mermaid Gundam from uh, Neo, wherever the hell.
1: Double France.
2: <laughs> no, no, come on. We can do better than that.
1: It's... Portlandia. Listener,
0: find the mer-gundam for us. Or the internet. Find the mer-gundam for us.
1: All right. Well, this week, we are going to be watching episode 10 Oh. Of Gundam Seed, separate ways.
2: I was actually going to say, how much more relevant would this podcast be if we're actually watching this while it was airing?
1: <laughs> like... um, slightly more? <laughs> we wouldn't know how bad Destiny was. We'd be all excited.
0: <laughs> we also would probably not be podcasting 10 years ago.
1: Also, this show right. came out 12 years ago in America. So yeah, it would be... Pre- I'm so, so if sure we were doing it by podcasts. an episode-by-episode
0: episode thing as it came out, we wouldn't be podcasting for it 10 years ago.
1: Oh, yeah. Well,
2: I mean, podcasts existed 10 years ago.
0: Yes, but it came out 12 years ago.
1: So anyway, yeah. Episode 10, Crossroads. If this had gotten a proper Toonami one, this would be the end of week two, which somehow seems like it took so much longer than week one. We'll talk about that after the episode, though, instead of before, so that we can talk about how the second batch of five compares to the first. Well, let's see. What should we talk about before we begin?
2: I watched a bunch of anime recently. None oh. of it's related to Gundam.
1: You didn't watch Iron-Blooded Orphans? No. Which has gotten great oh. because the good guys have a harem going on, and the Char is engaged to a 12-year-old because of a political marriage going on. <laughs> so they have all of the backwards gender politics. I need
0: to uh, get back into that. I did start watching Gate again the second season started. I started watching Build Fighters.
1: So. Oh, oh nice. exciting. How many episodes did you watch?
0: Just the first one. But... Okay,
1: so you got to D&D Hobo Guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Does one person massacre an entire castle guard? What? What? No, but there's That, a, that happens in Gate. Okay.
1: There's a and d hobo no. who's living in a skyscraper that's being built.
2: Nice. I like describing him as D&D hobo. That's, that's pretty
1: good. It's accurate. That's absolutely what he is. Does he is. carry his
0: DM's guide? No.
1: No, he's a player character.
2: No, my problem is ah. I uh had a heart of... <laughs> he's a murder hobo <laughs> yeah. then. Yeah. Well, except he's not a murder hobo. He is a uh, Gundam fight hobo.
1: Yes, but he's not interested in Gundam fights.
2: My biggest problem with trying to watch it is I like started watching it while also playing Bravely Default. I'm like, okay, I can't both read this and be playing Bravely Default at the same time. Yeah, it's so. hard
1: to watch subbed anime well, and I've, play a game.
0: I found out that because of the fact that I have done a lot of that, watching subbed anime and playing a game, that I have almost a thousand bot games played in League of Legends. <laughs> because I can play a bot game and not pay attention to it well, and yeah. still win.
1: And still get quadra kills.
0: Yeah, they're, they're incredibly easy. My problem is I need to, like, visibly
2: be looking at something. Because it's not like Bravely Default requires a whole lot of
1: attention. Yes, but I once got a triple kill against bots in League of Legends while actively looking at a different screen.
2: (laughs) Okay, well, maybe I uh, underestimate or overestimate bots. The League
0: of Legends bots?
1: Yes. Yes, you do. Anything else you (laughs) want to talk about, Tyler, before we interrupted you? Anything with some sweet pink-haired chicks? Does red hair count? Nope.
2: Oh, actually, no, there is totally a sweet pink-haired chick. Which one? She has red hair. I think her name's
0: Saki. Actually, in what? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you.
1: Oh, okay. this It's an interesting no, conversation. Eden of listener. the East.
0: Actually, um, I had a 33% chance, and I went with the slice of life because they're usually neon-colored hairs. No, everyone has normal hair color in that. Actually. Oh wow.
2: Well, hmm. a normal hair color. Although, so the characters are like in high school, basically, like maybe seniors. One of the characters has already visited like twenty different countries, lives on his own, and is like one of these guys is clearly way more of a badass than all the other ones, but he's know, also played off as a goofball. I'm I,
0: like, I think it's because the only slice of life anime I'm really familiar with is uh, Lucky Star, which that's is a more show. comedy than anything else. This is a
2: fine line between comedy and wow, these kids got really traumatized by this one childhood incident. Dan, Alex, and I were sitting around watching this, and Dan made the comment: "He's like, man." This is, like, us, but if we were all really dysfunctional people. <laughs> you guys aren't all dysfunctional people? Not particularly. No. I feel like
1: they all function and have high-paying jobs.
2: Yeah, and we, like, talk to each other and stuff. And it was like, man, this is our group of college friends if we were all just, like, completely unable to communicate with each other properly. like
1: <laughs> I mean, that's 90% of conflict and drama, right? Oh,
2: yeah, definitely. The number of assholes you want in your literature is way higher than the number of assholes you want in real life. Yeah, which is why I'm the only one you know. Not the only one. There's like three. You're so, the only one I hang out with willingly.
1: So, speaking of dysfunctional college kids, the main <laughs> wow. character of Gundam Seed is Kiri Yamato, <laughs> a 16 year old super person who was genetically engineered to be a coordinator. The coordinators all live in Zaft, which are space colonies, and they're at war with the Earth Alliance forces, who are just normal dudes and suck. The Zaft guys get cool giant robots, the normal guys get jets that can't even do anything, except you- fly in space. I guess that's kind of cool. The most
0: badass of these normal guys shoots down one enemy giant robot and then has to base. Just, like, can
2: we give Mu a better weapon?
0: Like, he's so much more effective. Eventually, (laughs) he might perhaps get something better than his Mobius Zero. But first, he may have to downgrade.
1: (laughs) So Yamato is forced to join the Earth Forces, though, when his hometown of Heliopolis is attacked and destroyed by Zaft and forced into combat with his crush from high school, Atherin Zala.
2: Atherin, by the way, reciprocated the crush and gave him a sweet word
1: Actually, we don't know if Kira has any feelings for Atherin. The only evidence for that thus far is seeing in sepia tone when he saw him.
2: <laughs> well, and his repeated flashbacks to, like, all the cherry blossoms falling. <laughs> and, like, Isn't that actually
1: all...
0: a negative, not sepia tone?
2: I don't know. Like, in my head, they're both blushing a little bit as we're having this conversation.
1: <laughs> I- I'm pretty sure that's not in your head. I'm pretty sure that's on the screen. Anyway... Kira was feeling guilty, so he rescued a random escape pod, and in it was uh, the pop idol princess of Zap, Lacus Klein, who is secretly Atherin Zola's fiance.
0: Also. Secretly. I well, mean, openly.
2: It's a secret to Kira at the time. Kira, by the way, seems to have a hard time falling only for taking women, because his other crush is crazy, maniacal woman Flay.
1: How is she crazy and maniacal? <laughs> have you seen. Holy crap.
2: She is so unbalanced. I didn't say Play is way OP and balanced.
0: Flay <laughs> is OP. Please nerf.
1: <laughs> I didn't say she was a picture of mental health. Just What, oh. what are her machinations?
2: Oh, because I said she was maniacal? More. I'm just picturing Flay steepling her fingers behind a desk maybe, now. Maybe not maniacal so much as manic.
1: Yeah, okay. I'll take that.
2: And depressed. Yeah. Actually, she kind of waffles between those two. She should probably see psychiatric help, especially considering her dad just died. <laughs> and maybe some Zoloft. Or maybe some... Prozac? Prozac. That'd be a good one. <laughs> Z- Z- oft? No, never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a pun because Zoloft was too close
0: to Zaft, and then... No, it's it's only that that close to Zaft in your head. Zaft. So
1: anyway, no, no. last episode, the Archangel, <laughs> which is the ship that Kira is on, got in a fight that it couldn't win. Flay's dad got boomed and exploded. And the only way the Archangel could escape was by threatening Lacus Klein's life Implying a threat to Lacus
0: Klein's life. They never <laughs> actually said they would do anything. And to be fair, they merely pointed out they had her on board. All oh,
1: right, A mafia threat to Lacus <laughs> Klein's life.
2: And Rao Lashar is like, eh, whatever. Let's nuke him anyway. And is talked out of it by the ship's captain.
1: So. No, he's not. Rao. That, that's what Rao is thinking. But Rao doesn't say that. Rao is like, up. Oh, they got me. Who <laughs> oh, no. knows? Wasn't expecting that. Uh, yeah, also there's Mulafaga Faga and Raul La Crusade. They're in like some sort of adult version of this <laughs> anime.
2: Where they're trying to kill each other but have mutual respect for each other's constant failed attempts to kill each other.
1: It's more annoyance. That the other one keeps showing up. Yeah. They're like uh, that joke that was planned for the Scott Pilgrim movie if they could get Jesse Eisenberg to do it. Where he would be Pete the Nice Ex. So anyway, that's where we are now. With a mafia threat to a pink-haired pop princess... And Atherin Zala remembering he has a personality.
2: Yeah, he seemed to kind of lose it last episode, didn't he?
1: Uh, Atherin last episode, like, just really lost his personality. He had that flashback to Kira talking or trying to act righteous to him at the beginning, but then when the fight actually started happening, he stopped really thinking or doing anything, which really sort of took all the emotional depth out of the fight. I suppose that's because it's supposed to be on the bridge with Flay threatening Lachis, but it really seemed off because that's really what the central. Good thing about Gundam Seed is is the relationship between Athrun and Kira.
2: They didn't really exchange a word and they appear to be actually trying to kill each other.
1: Yeah, it's kind of an off-center thing for the
0: two characters because they aren't they, they do seem to be actively trying to kill each other and not yelling at one another, which is what they're doing every other time they get into a fight.
1: And as soon as this episode starts, they go back to that dynamic with Athrun yelling about how can Kira continue to act righteous when he's with people that are going to threaten his fiance?
0: Hey, it worked. All's fair in love and war, mother.
1: All's fair, but you can't say I have the moral high ground. I'm threatening women and children. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> no, you can't. That's Considering not how moral they've high been ground trying works.
0: to blow up these women and children since the fight got started. Yeah, that is true.
2: Zaft is really an opposite. Well, although, do they know that the, civilians are on the ship?
1: The Archangel has never said, "Hey, we have civilians on our ship."
0: So, and I don't know that that's that that an would oversight matter. by the
1: captain. <laughs> like, would Rao care? No, Rao probably wouldn't care. No, but it would screw with Atherin's head. That is true. To a degree. Although, you know, Atherin could probably be convinced.
0: And you're not necessarily targeting Crusade with
1: that. He's the commander.
0: You can pretty easily send something like that out onto a wideband channel. And if Zaf continues you could, to attack your ship, you, could you mess look, with morale that really way. really bad doing it. So it's I have thought about this in depth.
2: Is Rao really the commander of that ship? Because he kind of, like, he and the captain seem to
1: take turns. He's
0: the commander of the team that's on board.
1: Yeah, Zahast Um, has a really loose militia military style. Basically, he's above the captain. He's, like, the admiral, but that's not quite his rank.
0: How I've always figured it is how they say that, I know Jeremy's not going to be careful this, 40k works, whereas they have the admiralty, or the guys that are in charge of the navy, and the guys that are in charge of the armies, and they can't give each other orders. Whereas, like, he's not technically in the captain's chain of command, no, but he's a higher rank, so the captain will defer.
1: My understanding is that the captain does have to listen to Riley Crusade. Okay. He is, like, like, not field commander. Like I said, he's above the captains. Like, normally he's with multiple ships. He's supposed to have two other ships with him right now, and also the Gamow, but they're just not. At, well, at with least him.
0: one of them was damaged.
1: Yeah, the Gamow was. But he was also supposed to be sent out with two extra ships just to search for Lacus, and because they left early, that didn't happen. So okay. he's supposed to be sort of coordinating it all and coming up with the strategy.
2: Almost like he's a Don't say it. New type.
1: All right, so as I said, the episode begins like getting right back to form with Atherin shouting at Kira, it being very emotional and angsty, and Atherin being self-righteous and he kind of gets to be because the uh Archangel just pulled a total heel move. They blew up a
0: civilian colony.
1: Yeah. That was 10 episodes ago.
0: One versus a 1,000.
1: We still have the moral high ground. So... Zach, how many places can we bomb in Iraq and still say we have the moral high ground because of 9-11? That's not how moral high ground works. When they do something to you, you should know this. This is how you act in RPGs. When they do something to you, it's a travesty. When you do something back (laughs) to them, it's a minor infraction. (laughs) I do not
0: do that in RPGs. And, I just make sure whatever I do is the final thing.
1: And also, they kidnapped a princess. That is the most classic villain move possible.
0: <laughs> eh, they didn't do it on purpose. No, she they kinda, didn't. She, like,
2: fell into their laps. I'm like, okay, well, what do we do with this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I actually do like that Atherne gets a chance to act and be heroic. Because while we've championed Zaft as pretty cool dudes, the series really is trying to make them out as pretty typical villains. With the exception of Atherne. And it's cool to just give him, like, a chance to just be a total hero that gets to go save the girl he is going to marry and never talks to.
0: Once we get out of the space, though, when they have their little thing, I like the fact that we get to see the hangar working on the two, like, defense craft for the Archangel.
1: That's great filler material. This episode is pretty much all killer, no filler, which is great <laughs> since we've had two episodes in a row that have been, like, really dragging and lots of flashback stuff. Just having mechanics work on stuff is Super easy to do filler that makes the universe feel bigger and more realistic.
0: Especially when, in the previous episode, we saw Moo take damage on his Mobius Zero. And, and we can see it. them putting a new funnel on it and fixing it. I'm not sure where they got the spare parts for it, but whatever.
1: Clearly they have a ton of room for them since they were supposed to have Yes, but where did they get units? the spare
0: parts for an the an Mobius Zero?
1: <laughs> where do they get all the beam boomerangs for when this... St- These are good questions.
2: So I wanted to point out something really quick. There's a quick scene between Nataro and uh, Maru on the bridge. And Nataro basically saying, I did what I had to do. The sub se- uh, has Maru basically say, yeah, I know that. The dub says, like, yeah, I bet you did.
1: Like, she- no, I, You can't hear the performance because when we watch it for this, we have the um, volume audio off. But, like, that tone is pretty clear in Maru's, like, she's, she conveys that with tone rather than in what she's literally saying. Yes, I understand. It's more like frustration. It's like, yes, you're right, but I don't like it. Which reminds me, you watch the dub of this episode, and normally you watch the sub. Yep. So I don't mean to pause things too much, but uh, what do you think of the dub overall?
2: Oh, it's pretty good. It was not jarring in any way when yeah. I switch over,
1: so. There is only one voice actor in the dub I don't like, and he oh. doesn't show up for quite a while. It's uh, Shawnee Anders. Ah, uh, okay, okay. And you probably know why I don't like him. But it's kind of spoilery to talk about. Yeah, I, I, the specifics. Yeah, that's that's why I'm not I do kind of dislike the dub of this episode, but it's only a few lines that are kind of awkwardly translated. It's nothing terrible. So anyway, Moo is uh basically complaining about Rao Le Crusade and how he is a curse. He basically Moo is just has a crush on Rao and will bring him up to hate him <laughs> whenever he has the chance. And Kira comes up to Moo to basically go, What the hell? Yeah, and, she
0: does say what the hell was that?
1: Yeah. And I rather like this. Moo kinda of dismisses him. One, Moo didn't come up with the plan, Moo wasn't there but also Mu as the Kirk reasonable one. The middle ground is just like, I don't like it either, but it's what happened and it's what we have to do. Whereas Kira gets to be the idealist hero and Mu gets to be a little more centered. Actually, I was just talking about how the dub has a few awkward bits. I think a lot of that is they just are doing straight translations where they should be changing things. Like this line of the dub just always comes out awkwardly to me because the combat commander is what Natarl is, but that's sort of a awkward word to the lip flaps, so they have to say it kind of quickly. And, like, later Lacus will say, Athernzala is the man I will eventually be marrying. Which is technically correct English, but no <laughs> one on Earth would say that. Any thoughts on Mu and Kira's little conversation?
0: Mu's entirely right and Kira's being whiny. Kira's being understandably whiny,
2: but, honestly, he needs to grow up. <laughs> is my impression.
1: He is a young foolish kid who didn't sign up for the military.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of the point. So then we get a shot Of the Crusade team on their bridge.
1: Yeah, Rao is trying to go into Rao mode and plan things, but basically he can't fire on the Archangel and risk killing Lachis. He's not going to get back up before the Archangel escape and meet up with the fleet. And for the first time, he's pretty much stumped and doesn't have a plan.
0: Thankfully, Kira comes up with a plan for him. (laughs) This is a win. It's a stalemate. Well, given how badly they've been getting their asses handed to him, this is a win.
1: All right, so then we cut to Flay, who is waking up having nightmares of her father exploding. And she is firmly in denial. She goes through the uh, first three stages of grief pretty quickly in this episode. (laughs) It will take her a while to reach five. There's a pretty emotional scene with Flay crying and uh, begging Sai to tell her what happened to her father. Uh, Elliott comes in and drops some water bottles. Kira runs over. And there's actually this shot I really like of this water bottle just stuck in this automatic door keeping it open as she cries. Honestly, this scene is kind of tough for me to watch. It's just so emotional.
0: Well, being emotionally dead, I have absolutely no problems watching this scene. I just think Flay's kind of a... She is a... Uncomprehending of how combat works. Childish bitch. She's... Why is she a bitch?
2: She's naive and unprepared.
1: I would call Flay a bitch a lot when I watch it this first time, and I really want to get away from that term. I think it's demeaning to her, and it undercuts her character. So why do you use that word?
0: Because of how she treats Kira in this instance. So, yes, be, he's the one man trying to protect a whole bunch of other people. To be fair, He's not going to be able to swing that.
1: Well, I was just talking about how quickly she goes through the uh, stages of grief. The second one is anger, and she goes right into that. This is a perfectly natural reaction for someone who's just lost someone to them, especially since this is the first time she's probably ever dealt with grief.
2: That's entirely true. My bi- my biggest thing, though, is that people who act like dicks often do so out of ignorance. And she is definitely doing that. And colloquially, the female version of dick is bitch.
1: And I get that. But I think Kira has a very fragile ego and needs pink-haired pop idols to come tell him he's fine. <laughs> so she's having a huge effect on him. But in the same way that Moo's saying, hey, this is reality, this is what we had to do, like, if you're saying he should toughen up at that, he should definitely toughen up here. He should be understanding that she's going through probably the hardest thing she's ever done.
2: Honestly, this is actually kind of a nice parallel, because Kira could understandably be telling Flay to toughen up here, although her loss is way greater than his was, so...
1: Anyway, as uh, Zack said, Flay goes right into rage and starts yelling at Kira and saying it was his fault and she accuses him of not trying to fight as hard as he could because he's fighting against other coordinators. And again, it sort of makes it weird that in the previous episode it looked like Kira and Athern were straight trying to kill each other because <laughs> normally they're philosophizing and angsting, and if it had been a lot of that, that would give some more sting to Flay's words.
0: Maybe if you hadn't stopped him from launching <laughs> right when the uh, alert came through.
1: That's valid too, but that wouldn't have made a difference. The Mobiuses suck too much. So Kira runs off to Sulk and flashes back to Athern asking how he can be self-righteous when the Earth Alliance are using such cowardly tactics, as well as Mu telling him to toughen up. And clearly he's just very upset with the situation, which is understandable, because the whole reason he brought Lacus on board was to try to save her, to try to do something nice for her. And he's probably put her in a worse situation than she would have been in, (laughs) had he not acted.
0: I'm sorry, I paused a really awkward spot. That was the, also one of the world's slowest elevators. I think they got that out of Mass Effect Citadel <laughs> given how slow that thing was
2: moving. Kira is clearly distracted because he finishes taking this elevator sulk ride and like crashes into the wall of the ship
0: and doesn't even care. So, on the like treadmill thing, I don't I don't know how, what to call them. people like,
1: movers? I guess they have a name but I don't know what it. They're is. like
0: the things at the airport where you stand on them, they're like an escalator for the wall, for the ground, but they're on the wall so people can be propelled in zero-G without having to kick off walls. But, like, Kira,
2: not paying any attention, is, like, lost in thought and runs into a wall, which is a nice little touch.
1: And he goes right by Cuzzy, who's like, <laughs> huh? Cuzzy kind of starts to follow him as he goes to a cool, ce- he goes to the scenic window.
0: I have always kind to- of referred to the, the scenic window as, like, the observation deck over the back of the ship.
1: Okay, well, he goes and starts cry-screaming into the uh, abyss. And uh, Lacus shows up, too, so he can be embarrassed about crying when one of his many crushers shows up.
0: Because the door that they had on her cell room is currently busted. Meanwhile,
1: we
2: cut to Crusade getting out of the shower, and we're inches away from seeing his face.
1: Yeah, they really hide it like it would be a reveal if we knew who he was. It wouldn't really, right? Well, I mean, so so either he's going to be a character who shows up later and they don't want us to know, or it is. Though, who could he be at this point? We also see he takes some sort
2: of pills. Oh, you know, I didn't even notice that. I just assumed they were like vitamins or something.
0: Well, given that the shot is clearly on the mask and the pills.
1: Yeah, and he looks at his hand weirdly after he takes them. Some more mysteries to Rao, who complains about Lacus being a pain for him. Lacus tries to be kind and dry Kira's tears, but he tries to be manly and stops her, and is like, why is you here? And she explains that uh her Haro will just unlock the door for her, you know, whenever it's locked.
2: Which explains a lot.
1: Sort of. It explains why she can come and go as she pleases. That and the fact that they don't have enough people to post a guard at her door.
0: It's almost as though she's spent a lot of time in Zero-G, because she moves in a way that she's got a lot of experience in it.
1: Yeah, she's very graceful in it, which both adds to her kind of royal princess aesthetic, and she also has lived in space all her life.
0: True, but not necessarily zero-G.
1: Yeah. Kira tries to take her back to uh, her room and offers her his hand, and she kind of uh, says, no, I'm an action hero. I don't take boys' hands, but also (laughs) in kind of a flirty way. Or maybe I'm just reading into it. She just bounces around the room a lot. She tries uh, cheering Kira up, and he basically says, yeah, I will... My life sucks. I don't want to fight. That guy who pilots the Aegis is my best friend, Crush Athern.
2: And she's like, <laughs> he's also technically my crush, I guess he has to be. Athern.
1: <laughs> like, and he's like, what? You know Athern? He's like, yeah, we're totes engaged. And he's like, oh, did you get
2: an Athern friendship robot as well? <laughs> <laughs>
1: And she's like, uh, yeah, he made all of my horrors." And we see Cuzzy has been not necessarily spying on them, but we saw him earlier and he most, probably went to check up on Kira.
0: Most certainly eavesdropping yeah, at this yeah. point, though. <laughs> Who just
2: stops at a doorway? Like, yeah, he's. I feel like Lacus definitely would have noticed him,
1: but. I feel like he didn't want to interrupt. I always think of this as when we find out Lacus and Athen are engaged because it, I think, would add more drama. And also, it's too bad that we know Lacus isn't a spy because that would add a certain tension.
2: Especially since Kira brings it up, and that's actually a very real possibility.
1: And that is a plot they did in Gundam, and I don't think they need to retread more stuff from Gundam. Atherin built Lacus a bunch of harrows, it turns out, and actually, in a few episodes ago, when we saw Atherin's room, there's a Haro on his desk that he's clearly working on, which is a nice little touch.
0: So the actual thing here is that Atherin doesn't want to marry her, which is why he keeps giving her haros, hopefully, hoping he will annoy her into the uh, point I where he will. I didn't send
1: you the comic I sent Tyler, but he's like, yeah, Atherin made me haro. And Tira's like, oh, yeah, Atherin's always doing that. He made me birdie. And I uh, just like, man, yours is much better made <laughs> than mine is. <laughs> with these articulating wings and the ability of flight, apparently even in space with no wit- with no air resistance. So Kira and Lacus kind of bond over knowing Athern, which is, I guess, not totally crazy. Clearly, they have a lot in common. But she notes on the irony about how they shouldn't have to fight. So then we cut to the mess hall where Tal, Mirielia, and Sire are talking, and Cuzzy comes in, and they're like, man, Flay is, you know, I understand her feelings, but she's going too far. And again, Tall defends Kira right away, and basically brokes no shit towards him. And then
2: Cuzzy's like, OBJECTION!
1: Yeah. Even Sai's so, like, you know, I know it's not true, but, and then he's like, actually, I just heard that he and the pilot of the Aegis are bestest friends, and they totes were in a tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cherry blossom tree and everything. <laughs> so then we get the eye catch. Leaving
2: everyone on a cliffhanger of how everyone will react to this information.
1: Hi, it's me, Jeremy, and I'm not alone again, or terribly sick. I'm just a little sick.
2: I'm Tyler, who is, I guess, making Jeremy not alone. You, you literally are listening to three years ago us, so hopefully our voices haven't changed that much.
1: I'm a figment of
0: everybody's imagination, and Tyler's the same person, so Jeremy's actually alone. My name is Zach. That
2: is true. You're actually, this is like some sort of weird hallucination that you're having. It's a
1: vivid I'm even more sick dream. than last week. Exactly. We've all come together because we have some prizes to give away. But before that, we have another email to read from Cody. Cody says, hey, y'all. Cody from Texas here. Uh, Jeremy was going to try a Texas accent, but decided better of it. I drive a lot for work and I've been listening to It's a Gundam. I'm a huge Gundam fan and really wanted to go back and rewatch Seed along with the podcast. But of course, it's no longer on YouTube. I actually think they did put it back on YouTube. It was back a week ago. It might be gone again because they keep taking it off and putting it on. But it is on Crunchyroll, even if you don't pay for Crunchyroll. So,
2: yep, that's how I've been watching it.
1: I think all the Gundam series are on there if you're interested in any of the other ones. But don't quote me on that. First, I think they are redubbing Seed again, which is why it's not up anywhere anymore. Do you guys really think it needs a new dub? So I'm going to say the first dub is good. I'm pretty sure this is a rights issue thing, like the Sailor Moon dub. I don't think they have the rights to the original Gundam Seed dub anymore. And I'm pretty sure that's why they're redubbing it. It might be nice to see it
2: with like modern recording standards, although not a whole lot has changed.
1: Yeah, I'm really sad we're not going to get Tabitha St. Germain as Flay or a couple of the other voice actors who were really good in it but I'm very curious to see what the re is like.
0: Yeah, I mean, the script is going to be different enough that I'm actually kind of curious to know what they decided to go about changing.
1: Next, I collect a lot of Gundam figures and kits and wanted to know what you guys have in terms of Gundam merch. So I already sent them an email listing everything I have, but if people are curious, I got really into Gundam modeling about the time we started recording the podcast. I've kind of fallen off it since then, but I have... A bunch of real grade model kits. I got a Freedom Gundam, a Strike Gundam, a original Gundam. It's a terrible kit. Don't buy it.
2: Yeah, I've seen a lot of the models you have laying around. you ever a uh, Char Aznable's Zaku? Uh, yeah, that's
1: also real grade. And I have a Zeta Gundam. And then unbuilt, I have a Double O, a Justice, a AVA Unit One. That's not Gundam, but might as well be. And I swear something else. Oh, uh, the Wing Zero. I've been working on for like three years.
2: I have. Lots of Gundam video games. That, that's how I got into the franchise, and still probably the majority of my time spent with any Gundam stuff is various Gundam video games that I played over time.
0: Video games and a couple of uh, the series on DVDs.
2: Yeah, I guess but I watch 08th MS Team.
0: That's pretty much it for me. I mean, the most in terms of, like, collectibles for those kind of things is I've got a bunch of Battletech minis, which are entirely unrelated.
2: I mean, it, it's mech stuff. It's not Gundam stuff, but it's mech stuff.
0: And I do own a copy of Mechton Zeta, so I guess there's that.
2: Anyway, Cody ends email with, Love the podcast and keep up the great work. So, thank you, Cody, because I'm glad someone likes this show. I do. I like
1: the show a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's fun to do. It. And we like to hear other people like hearing it, so...
1: Alright, so speaking of what other people like, we have a contest where we're giving some stuff away. And it's
2: over now, guys. Yeah.
1: Yep, it's time to announce the winners. We put them in random.org to give us some... Um, Winners, first place was Tommy, who sent us an email we read last week. He'll get to choose between the Master Grade model kit, which I think he might pick because I know he does the modeling, or OAuth MS Team either on Blu-ray or DVD. Second up is Ryan, who doesn't like mecha anime, but he will get his pick between whatever two things Tommy doesn't pick. OAuth MS Team is good, and it's short, so it's a good entry drug.
2: I will also say, hey, Ryan, thanks for listening to both of our podcasts and actually like talking to us occasionally. (laughs) You're a cool guy.
1: Thanks for suffering us on two fronts. <laughs> and third place is Cody, who we just read his email. So he will get whatever is left of the three. All oh, right, man. That means I didn't win. Damn. You know, Ed th- didn't win either, despite his attempts. Yeah, despite uh, his us- Groucho Marx mustache, he wins. Oh right, I forgot to enter. Yeah, ding, that- Zach.
2: What are you doing? So thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. Like, keep listening, obviously, and tell your friends about it. Maybe we'll do some more stuff in the future. I don't know. We're definitely going to talk about Gundam, though.
0: So yeah, that,
1: That's definitely going to happen. So I really want to keep this interactive segment going if there's enough interest. So if you want to send us emails and tweets, we'd be happy to read them. And particularly, I think it might be interesting to ask specific questions of the audience. So on Reddit, I posted a question about Lacus Klein that didn't generate much interest. So maybe people just aren't interested in answering it. But if you send any emails about what you think about Lacus Klein, we'd be happy to read them on the podcast. In particular, I was talking about how enchanting she is. She's got a lot of Mary Sue-ish qualities to her, but she doesn't end up coming off that way. And I want to know why people think that is, or if they do think she comes off as a Mary Sue. But the guy on Reddit who's been doing a episode by episode breakdown like us, his opinion of her was very similar to mine, which makes me think it's not just my incredible crush on her.
2: <laughs> or maybe he also has an incredible crush on her. I mean, I'll he
1: specifically says he doesn't. Maybe he's just lying, but...
2: I was going to say honorable mentions. Um, hey, guy on Reddit whose username is, I think, oh, maybe I should
0: look it up, huh?
2: Rather than... <laughs>
0: Just constantly referring to, to him as Guy on Reddit. To be fair,
2: that's what he registered on our website as. Once. He, he actually put his Reddit name on the next comment he made. Is it CB
1: Redbeard? That sounds right. Yeah,
2: it's something to that effect. Honorable mention to CB Redbeard, otherwise known as Guy on Reddit, if you follow our comment thread, I like made a promotional post on Reddit after waiting for the mods to respond if I can make a promotional post, and they just never did, so I did it anyway. Um, and he is doing, like, an episode-by-episode episode review, except it's all in text, and it's a lot more technical. Ours is, uh...
1: And he's doing an episode a day, which means it goes too fast for Jeremy to read. Although I did like all the points he's made so far.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's good stuff. It's obviously less an entertainment thing and more of an analytical approach, which is something I, as a reader, definitely appreciate.
1: Oh, I also have to issue a retraction. Oh? Yeah, uh, it turns out Mulaflago was not voiced as the same guy as Tuxedo Mask. It's just Maru was Sailor Moon, so they gave him all the Endymion stuff for that reason. Oh. It was pointed out to me by a commenter on our website. In English or in Japanese or was it in either one? Japanese. Okay.
2: Other honorable mention is other Ryan, who is not the Ryan who won, who commented on our website. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for keeping us honest.
1: All right. So, that should do it. Hopefully, Zach and I haven't put you two off too much with our arguing about Kira. Although, I think that happens later in the episode and not yet. And hey, this one has a panty shot, so that's cool. <laughs> Thanks, anime. Keep it classy.
2: Turns out, they don't really change their minds about anything, but...
1: They're left in kayak contemplation, which is the worst thing when you're a teenager, right? Well,
0: if you really look at it, they aren't shot down yet. So, clearly, Kira's doing something right.
1: Yeah, but... That's bad for morale, too. Like, you were just saying they could broadcast that their civilians are on board, and that would be bad for morale. Thinking, oh man, he might hesitate and not shoot, and that might get us sunk. Also bad for morale. Especially
0: for non-trained soldiers. Fair enough. After we get them, we get Kira in his room, and he's apparently made some kind of decision about how this is Because that just isn't
1: right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just not right.
1: Well, like I said earlier, this is his fault. Certainly in his mind, where he's the center of the universe because he's a teenager. But also, he, he is, is the one, Jesus. Yes, so. but he is the one who brought Lacus on board to help her, and he's put her, like I said earlier, in a worse situation.
0: So he goes to Lacus in the middle of the night.
1: In her adorable pajamas, so we know she doesn't just have that dress. He looks a little rapey for a moment, and then he's like, get dressed and come with me. Try to be <laughs> sneaky. I know you're that kind of rogue. They start running, but then he sees Sai and Mirielia and sort of shoves her behind one of the corridor walls and tries to move in front of her to hide her. And then she sort of obliviously just wanders out.
2: (laughs) I love how (laughs) nonchalantly Kira just
1: walks (laughs) It's absolutely adorable. The whole whole exchange. Even Mirielia and Sai's reaction. There is kind of an awkward cut here between them where it looks like it's going to cut somewhere else to build tension, but then the scene just continues. But other than that, it works pretty well. And he's like, come on, can you guys just pretend that you didn't see me? I have to do what I have to do. Mirielle and Sai sort of think a moment, and then Sai sort of agrees that, yeah, there's something not right about this situation, so I'll help you out. I think also he's realizing that if he doesn't, there's a real danger that Kira might just defect. Of Kira's friends, he is the moo. He's the one in between. Tal is going to defend Kira no matter what, because he is sort of whiny and more likely to accuse him or think the worst of him. And Psy sort of pulls the middle roll. Muriela is the girl. We get into the airlocks. We'll... I assume this is some sort of pilot briefing room, because we've seen this room before.
0: Yeah, probably. That's where Kira
1: and Moo suit up. Kira gets a spacesuit for Lacus and is like, this is not going to work with your dress. And Lacus is like, don't worry, panty shot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> His expression during looks panty like a, shot is great, though. An
1: evil badger.
2: So Although that- he starts having that expression... When we, the audience, can see her panties from the back, but if you see, her dress is clearly still up in the front. So I'm not sure I, why he's so shocked. I think yet.
0: it's the panic of, oh god, she's actually taking her dress off in front of me.
1: This both plays up to Lachesis' naivety, but it also na- naivete. naivete naivete. But it also kind of shows that she's just willing to do things. She's not embarrassed by anything. She's very self confident, which is something it kind of explains her whole character. Then we have a super awkward humor scene where Sai sees her dress sort of stuffed in the spacesuit and sees sh- thinks pregnant. she's pregnant. And actually, I want to talk about the music because the music in this episode I think is really good. But here they use a really nice track to build tension. And even though I know they don't get caught, it really feels like at any cut, someone can go, Hey! Exclamation mark! Stop there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Solid Cura is over there.
1: They sneak into the hangar to get into the strike and no one's there. But I don't. Clearly, we saw people were sleeping, and we've seen Kira being the only one in the strike in the hangar bay quite a few times, so it's not that weird. Kira and Lack is getting the strike, and Sai makes Kira promise he's coming back after an awkward thing where Lack is like, I hope we meet again, and Sai is like, Gum, yeah, that's not going to happen.
2: Although it's really understandable that Sai is concerned about whether Kira's going to come back.
1: Yeah, no, I totally get it. I think that's his whole reason for helping Kira, is to make Kira feel like he has friends and people in his corner on the Archangel. Because if Kira just defected, he would be seen as the biggest hero of all time.
2: Not to mention, the Earth forces would definitely lose immediately. They lose the Archangel almost instantly.
1: Depending on if they can shoot it down, it is heavily armored, but yeah, probably. I assume Kira would refuse to fight for Zaft, but That's he would true. still bring them Lachis and the Strike. And he doesn't know how they would use him for propaganda, but having seen Zaft's politics... Probably a lot. Yeah, he would be the best propaganda tool they could possibly ask for. So Sai makes Kira promise to be friends and come back, and this is another place where I don't like the dub, just because I don't think Sai's voice actor does this scene a lot of justice. Whereas in the Japanese, he has very much that I'm counting on you friendship sort of tone. Mm -hmm. The Yeah, don't believe in yourself, believe in me sort of thing. And all the uh, ground crew are... Suddenly there and are like, Hey, what's going on? Whoop! So I just talked about how great the music is here. We kick into a heroic track, and this is maybe the one part where I don't think the music is great. It's kind of like, it's telling us how to feel and telling us this is a good thing, which is probably good because this is a cartoon for five-year-olds to make them buy model kits. So when you get into the moral complexity like this, it's probably a good thing to use music and such to tell them who to root for, but it's the one part in this episode where I'm like, maybe a different track would have been better.
2: Well, like Zach said last time, he was alluding to this, this may be the worst decision Kira has made up to this point.
1: This is an
0: absolutely a horrible decision, and you can see it when we get all the slash cuts of the people on the bridge once this comes up. Well, they're mostly just surprised at this point. It's a tactical nightmare, though. They lost their one
2: bargaining chip. Well, they're they're having
0: their one bargaining chip passed off. The one thing that was guaranteed to protect the people on the ship, which is what Kira has been professing that he wants to do the most and not fight, now not only is their safety no longer guaranteed, now it rides on him. So now he's got to fight so that they can save themselves instead of just holding on to Lacus.
1: Yeah, but that's what makes Kira interesting, right? He's saying, I really don't want to fight, but I would rather have to fight than use Lacus like this.
0: And this will have ramifications.
1: Well, yes. But what does he seriously think is going to happen to him? He's not part of the military. The worst case scenario is they just shoot him, right? But they already might just shoot him for knowing all of their military secrets and being a coordinator. He has all the bargaining power on the Archangel, right? Because if they throw him off, who is going to pilot the strike? That is
0: true, but... And it's also entirely possible that you get there and they weren't going to do anything and then you arrive at your destination. And then because of this serious breach of doctrine, which could easily be called treason, they line you up in front of a firing squad.
1: You, we can't shoot people in France for treason. Kira yeah. isn't part of the Earth Alliance.
2: Yeah, he's part of a separate nation.
1: They can just shoot him, you're right, but it can't be for treason. He's from another state. And we haven't seen what Orb is like yet, but do you think Mr. Azumi of Orb would be at all happy? <laughs> and that would be a nightmare for them if he found out that one of his citizens was shot by the Earth Alliance.
2: After piloting their mobile suit for them.
0: Probably about the same amount he would be pleased if they uh, got all shot down because some dipshit decided (laughs) to hand off their best chance to get everybody to safety. That's a good point. One life against a hundred.
1: Again, though, consider his morals. Consider what he actually ends up doing for his morality, what he is actually willing to sacrifice in the end.
0: This is still an absolutely horrible decision.
1: Yes, but it, it's kind of morally right, and, and that's what a, makes it an interesting story. It's
2: also an angsty teenager thing to do. I'm going to yeah. stand up for my convictions, regardless of the pragmatism.
1: And, and again, like I just said, he would like, be a hero stupid. if he went back to <laughs> if he just went to ZAFT. Why is it not stupid that he goes back?
0: Why is it not stupid that he goes back? Yeah, it's stupid that he makes this decision in the entire in the first place.
1: But wh- isn't the smartest thing he can do to take the strike and defect
2: for him? It depends. Like yeah. Who do you want to protect?
1: He wants to protect Lacus and his friends, and this is the best way for him to do that.
2: So, is Lacus actually going to be killed though? because of the killer? That yeah, would yes. be a terrible decision th- for th- the Earth. That's forces. definitely
1: true. The threat is way better, but Kira wasn't on the bridge when Natarl made the threat. He doesn't know what was going on. That's he true. He doesn't know that it was basically just flay handed <laughs> Natarl this opportunity, and she took it. For all he knows, they literally had a gun to her head.
2: That's true. I didn't consider that because we knew a lot more about that situation than Kira
0: ever did. I still stand on the side that this is an absolutely horrible decision. It doesn't no, okay. matter the it, it doesn't matter the
1: circumstances.
0: It's a justifiable decision, even if it is a terrible one. You yeah, can well, justify any decision you want to make. Uh-huh. That doesn't make any of them good. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, well, like I said, Rao immediately goes, Oh, so their gunk pilot is foolish too. And we don't know. Kira might be saying, Hey, you can have her, but you have to turn around and we have to see that you're going to do that. That doesn't mean Rao can't do something sneaky, but that is still a fine bargaining chip, right? Hostage exchange. We will give you her. Stop following us. Accomplishes the same thing that they've already. Except asked. that's not what he asked for. It's so. not.
0: A, <laughs> a smart, if a smart commander will agree, take her, and then knowing that he already has every single advantage, kick you in the nuts because that's the smart move. Well, so yeah. that's why you wait for them to turn around
2: and like start. They're faster than you. Yeah, but so
1: Kira isn't interested in doing what's smart. He's interested in doing what's right
0: or what he thinks is right.
1: Yeah. He's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong to have morals?
0: Yes. It's not wrong to have morals. It's wrong to not know when to set those aside in the interest of the greater good. Well, that a different set of morality is really what we're arguing
1: here. I mean, he's not a soldier. He hasn't been trained to kill. He hasn't been trained to sacrifice himself for a squad or for other people. If morals go out the window when things get tough, what's the point of having them in the first place?
0: Well, it's the people that he has to Isn't protect. Isn't that the exact
2: question the show's asking, though?
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs>
0: okay. It's those civilians that are on the ship. Lacus is actually safer on the ship protecting the other people.
1: Yeah, sort of, but once they get to the fleet, that goes out the window.
0: That's true, because who knows what they she, were.
1: She's going to be in that firing squad with Kira. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> One life versus a couple hundred. I know where I stand.
1: Yeah, but Kira wants his cake and to eat it, too. As we'll see next episode, he's a super saiyan, so he can have it.
0: <laughs> Keep telling yourself that.
1: Kira's plan isn't great, but at least he does have a plan.
2: That I mean, he's doing something, which is better than nothing.
1: And well, s- I mean,
0: he has apparently planned this out fairly well. I mean, I gotta give the man that. He even chose oh. a pack for the strike. Well, that's the logical one.
1: <laughs> I am a little confused about how he got the airlock open. In my memory, elia did that for him since she's helping, but we don't actually see that it just opens, and the crew's like, ah, oh, there's no way to close it. There's nothing we can do.
0: <laughs> well, I kind of figured that when Moo said, when Mu said uh, it's too late, the airlock's already open, is he's already online. There's no emergency shut for it. Or maybe Murdoch just did it for them. But I no, doubt Murdoch, Murdoch trying to stop. Yeah, Murdoch was actually trying to stop them. Trying him. to stop them? No, well, Murdoch was actively helping. trying. Well, Murdoch uh, the, wasn't doing Marielia anything. Murielia could have
1: done it, and we just didn't see. It's just a weird. It's one of the few. Like, this whole sequence, it's a little long. We see the Ale Pack being equipped, which is, like, the one kind of fillery shot in the entire episode. And, like I said, the music, it's very heroic, which is good for the five-year-olds, but it's the one time that I think the musical choice is maybe not the
0: it, best. It also comes in, like, because when we saw the maintenance crew and Moo, none of them were wearing air suits. That's true. So it's entirely possible that the reason they can't stop him is because, because they can't get dressed in time. Get <laughs> Yeah, they can't get the appropriate gear in order to not suffocate.
1: It's more, it seems to me, like you should be able to shut the catapult from the bridge. Yeah.
0: Well, you probably can, it's just a matter of, he's probably going to be able to launch before the catapult is able to close, and they might end up pancaking him on the door. Yeah, that's
1: true. You don't want to do that.
2: (laughs) That would be hilarious, though. And thus, the Earth forces lost the war.
0: (laughs) Abort, 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 Kong! We need to
1: dye your hair pink and teach you (laughs) to sing. And we need you to (laughs) pretend. So the strike launches. It's detected by uh, Rau's ship. And they're like, yeah, what are they up to? Rau seems amused, like always. That's his default state of mind, amused. They uh, go to Red Alert, put all the pilots in their mobile suits.
2: Uh, assuming they're under attack by the strike.
0: Yeah, because what, what's what's the solitary strike going to do against the entire Force on Hey, the man
2: programmed an entire OS with one hand. <laughs> Don't He's just
0: it. got a lot of practice operating with one hand and computers.
1: <laughs> so Kira's plan is basically to demand the Nazca class stop, I presume out of range of the Archangel, and to have Athern Zala show up alone, and he agrees to basically give Lacus over to him. Moo gets in the Mobius because he knows Rao is going to come up with some sort of dastardly stratagem, and he wants to be there.
0: I feel as though in the English version, he has a line there when he's climbing into the Mobius. I think he calls Kira an idiot, or I might be interposing another line here, but I think he's got one in the English dub.
1: He does it, some kind of call call uh, Kira a fool, but I think it's later. Yeah, so I, I, don't, I, don't I thought he was. had
0: one when he was climbing into it, but it might be when he's dropping his visor later, but I can't remember.
1: Atherin wants to go, Addis is like, that's clearly stupid, but Rao's like, no, clearly they are also young and foolish, I will allow it, because I want to be the cool uncle and the devious mastermind, and clearly this is the way to be both of them.
0: <laughs> well, it is, because honestly, if they send out the Aegis and Atherin gets wasted, they've still got a whole arsenal left. Rao they've is- They've got two
1: gins.
2: He's so good at manipulating Atherin.
0: They, they have a- Jeez. They have Rao's- Jin and they have a couple more Jins on board the ship. So they still outgun the Archangel, even if Atherin gets shot yeah, down. Well,
1: Rao is evil Mu. That's been yeah. obvious. This show loves foil characters. But Rao and Athern have a very similar relationship to Kira and Mu, but it's sort of reversed in that Atherin very clearly realized Rao is kind of a <laughs> sketchy dude. And
0: so- Mu is also a bit more honest with Kira when he's talking to him. Rao is twisting basically everything he tells Atherin.
2: So really quick, we just had a shot of Rao's face kind of from the bottom. It just really bugged me right there that he didn't have nostrils. <laughs> like, and now we're stuck at looking at Addis's face and he doesn't have nostrils and this is really bugging me now.
1: So Rao says, I have a plan and he's got a new mobile suit. It's uh, called a Saigu in the dub and all the official English literature. So that's what I'm going to call it. A bunch of the Zaf mobile suits for some reasons have different names in English and Japanese, but they're not like a weird dub thing the Japanese say, no, that's how you say it in English, even though it's nothing like it. <laughs> like, later on, there's one that's called the Guazine in the English dub, but it's called the Gates in the Japanese. What? <laughs> okay, that's a little strange. And, and it's the Saigu versus the Sigu, which is not very different, but it, mm. it is strange and noticeable. So anyway, Natara's like, we should shoot Kira, and Mu is like, no, that is an awful plan. <laughs> no, she
0: doesn't say we should shoot Kira, she says we should attack. She like, says we go should on. attack the strike. I don't
1: think that's what she said
0: that. You can look at it. It's right there. (laughs) She never actually says we should attack the strike.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I've always thought that was the implication, but Moo goes out, well, this time, what is the best case scenario there? We hit it perfectly, disable it, and then are able to recover it, and the pilot hates us? (laughs) You know, I understand her feelings, but it really would be, just make the situation worse if the Archangel attacked here. And like I said, I assume that Kira made the Nazca class stop out of range?
0: Because otherwise... Certain individuals might take a shot with the Lohengrin.
1: Or vice versa. The Nazca class, once it knows that. that that's why is I said non-bar. certain
0: individuals. <laughs> it doesn't really matter which side. There oh, well, are certain people who would take a pot shot with the main cannon if they got yeah, a, if they got a okay, clean shot. Okay. Well,
1: Lohengrin is the Archangel's cannon specifically. It's the main cannon.
0: Does the Gamma have one? No, no. I'm, I'm getting it mixed up with the ship from Destiny that's got one.
1: Yes, the on Minerva. As well. Anyway, I talked about how I like the music. As Athern starts to approach Kira, it actually goes full silent, and I really like that. And there's this really cool shot of Athern slowly moving in towards the strike, as using reverse thrusters. Kira as it's,
0: pulls a gun
1: on him. Yeah, and it's just pointing at it. It's a very Old West standoff. It's Honestly, very cool.
0: Honestly, I like that because it's, it's one of the first intelligent things Kira's done yet, is make sure that he doesn't just kill me as soon as I... <laughs> yeah, well, it's... I have the chips on the table. You have to go all in yeah. in order to get what you want.
1: And he wants to make sure that they didn't send some random-ass pilot in the Aegis instead of Atherin. And it's just a really cool shot. Even, like, the reverse thrust is very cool. It pays attention to physics in a way Gundam usually doesn't, which is cool. Very tense, like a gunfight. Atherin says, yeah, it's me. And Kira demands that Atherin open the cockpit, which he does. And he's like, Oh yay, yeah, Lacus. you have to, like, tell him you're here. So he doesn't think you're flight and that I'm sending a terrible curse <laughs> his way instead of the hostage I agreed to exchange.
0: Like, how does he actually hear her though? Like, it must right, come through combs. the comms.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or clearly, they're talking, and he can distinguish voices from it. He, he could tell Kira was Kira when they first talk. That is true. Again, a cool scene. Uh, throws Lacus through space to the Aegis.
2: What if he'd he had missed? She would have just gone.
0: Fl- I guess I could have just. Gundam gone hands? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it, it wouldn't be terribly difficult. I mean, it, this process would be incredibly dangerous with almost any other type of spacefaring vehicle. But with Gundams, given their high mobility and humanoid frame, it's actually fairly easy to retrieve a lost person in space.
1: Well, that's why the lore of them is they were originally made for space maintenance.
0: And Kira's already kind of proven that you can find stuff that's been lost and left behind and dragged back on board. He's made a habit of it, in fact.
1: Again, talking about the music, as the exchange starts happening, it goes to a very a just musical, very slow version of the song Lacus sings, which makes this pretty poignant. So Lacus thanks them both. Atherin does this very knightly curtsy. <laughs> and then he tries to get Kira to come with him because he would be hailed as a hero and it would mean Atherin and him don't have to fight anymore. The way
0: Kira's expression is when he suggests that they that Kira come with him makes it like Kira kind hadn't of apparent that he considered, yeah, that he hadn't even thought of that.
1: I think that's that he kind of didn't let himself think about it. It's the obvious solution for Kira, right? It solves all his problems except for all his friends die.
2: Also, while Alphonse suggesting this, Lacus is so serious looking, Lacus angry
0: face.
1: <laughs> I don't think it's that she's angry. I think she knows that Kira is going to say no, and she knows this will just make it more tragic because this is the join me. And we could rule yeah. a galaxy. Well,
2: this shot was so short when I was first watching it, I didn't notice that they bothered to an animate her having a serious expression here. Which is yeah. like the first time you've ever seen her wear one.
1: It is it's nice. A- Kira, of course, has to refuse in a line that's burned into my head because it's how the tsunami sizzle reel at the start of every episode ended with him yelling, My friends are on that ship! All dramatically. You know, why he's kind of tearing up. And it's very pleading. And, you know, here's where they have, then I hope I make a good enemy mother. Moment, Or they say that, you know, next time it will be for Sirius, which again makes the previous episode make me wish there had been more angst and floating yeah, more around of
0: this. And the only way they would have been able to do that is if they'd stretch that episode out a little bit more.
1: There's so much padding in that episode you could have dropped them. Like, Atherin has that flashback right before he launches to Kira saying, you always hated war, why are you fighting one now? If that had just been during the battle and we'd seen a shot of Athrun hesitating, that would have added a lot.
0: So Kira finishes his hand off and starts backing away, which instantly causes the Zaft forces to launch into an attack.
1: I do not know what Rao's plan is here. Kill them? But, like, he's launching his own mobile suit alone and he's going to be like... Moo is yeah. like, hey, we can't attack or Kira will go self-righteous on us and turn on us. Rao clearly knows what's up with Athern, and he's not afraid of that happening. Athern is less likely to desert and turn against them, but I think this is the sort of violation of Atherin's morality that is likely to cause that, if anything is going to.
0: Especially if you don't launch the other two. If you're going to launch into an assault like this, you launch everything you've
1: got. And I assume they're launching just him because his mobile suit is faster and can catch up. I feel like the best case scenario for him is he fights the strike, right? And... Best Raul, case scenario, he fights the strike thinks, alone. Yeah, Rao probably thinks he can take it. But what if Athern turns? What if Mulaflaga, the guy he hates, shows up? Because he's going to. The, the only
0: explanation I can think of for that is he thinks the Mobius Zero is still too damaged to fly, and he doesn't believe Athern will turn on him. So, yeah. And he thinks he can handle the strike one-on-one. Although, he like, doesn't even come then, across as arrogant. No, he doesn't. No, it, but he is human, so he can make mistakes. So it's entirely possible that he's betting on his hold on Atherin and the fact that he doesn't think Mu is ready to fly. Ah, uh, dang it! Mu La Flaga! The guy I
1: hate! <laughs> Up to this point, he's pretty much been a tactical and manipulation genius, though, like Tyler pointed out. I guess his best-case scenario is he slows the Archangel down enough that the Nazca class gets a shot on it, right? While it's fleeing?
0: Well, best case scenario is he can disable a strike and take it with him. So. Given that it's alone.
2: Really quick, is the Nazca actually a match for the Archangel? Because the Archangel has these crazy guns. Not alone. Guns. But
0: the thing is, the Nazca also has. The Nazca has been flying with backup the entire time. But they aren't here now, are they?
1: Well, I think the Archangel has its back to it, right? Oh, okay. I believe firing arcs are playing a pretty big role here. So, yeah, and I, also,
2: I don't have a picture of them in space right if now. If you so look that's at the. Possible.
0: Well, the, the Gamma has been chasing the Archangel, so it's been behind it. Okay. And if you remember, basically all the archangels' firepower is forward facing.
1: The Valiants can turn to the rear, and they're pretty powerful. And, and but they would have an advantage.
0: It is a Star Wars Star Destroyer. Yep, okay. all its guns are in the front. If anybody has played Armada, you will know what I'm talking about.
1: It's got a missile battery in the back, and its rail guns can rotate fully back. It's got a significant back kick,
0: but it's not something yeah. that it's good at.
1: Its broadside is the front.
0: Mm-hmm. You can't Which is cross funny, the because archangels too narrow.
1: Anyway. Rao Laplan launches in his Saigu, which is kind of a cool mobile set, very similar to the Gen, especially his white. I
2: honestly didn't notice the difference.
1: So. so, and Mu is like, well, called it, and launches. Atherin is confused, and Rao gives the order for him to retreat with Lacus. Mu shows up and is, I, I guess, ready to fight. Atherin and Kira get a cool sort of split screen where they look very similar, and it's not clear if they're, like, agreeing on something or sort of tense. And then there's actually a scene I rather like where Lacus starts to lean forward and Atherin's like, no, you might be a girl and not able to do anything. And Lacus, for the first time, really acts serious and sort of takes charge of the situation. Although, again, I'm not sure why Rao bows to her now. There are reasons that he might, but I don't think the series does a great job of presenting her as having authority over him.
0: I think the reason is because she's such a popular figure that he knows that his troops would Probably shoot him in the back. She
2: also just presented a legitimate reason why he might not want to do that, and she's basically like, "I'm going to tell on you, and that's going to be terrible for your career." Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, that's a good." And those of his crew,
1: Lacus really here starts to seem like she's just been acting naive and foolish. Although I like it way more in the video games, and especially in Super Robot Wars. About 50 djinns show up at this point, because in Super Robot Wars, 50 enemies are always appearing. (laughs) And so Lachis talks them down, and it's pretty cool. Anyway, we cut to Moo's like, I have no idea what just happened, but we are GTFOing.
0: Yeah, I just like that. I have no idea what's going on, but we're leaving now.
1: Kira starts crying one more time, just sort of tearing in his eyes, and Moo's like, what's wrong? And he he tries to be stoic and man up and be like, no, it's nothing.
0: Man, that would suck to be crying in your helmet in in vacuum.
1: True. Then the episode ends on a cut to Flay sitting up in bed being really creepy and saying basically she's not going to let things go on this way, showing that she has moved into bargaining. (laughs) And that is the end of the episode. The last couple have been weak, either in animation or in reusing a lot of footage. But this is a really strong episode that really highlights all the series' strengths, all the characters, all the development. The core conflict between Kira and Athern, and Kira and Kira, and Athern and Athern.
0: <laughs> and obviously it's fairly divisive among whether or not you think it's a, even a decent decision. At this point, even Kira's friends are starting to question him. Mostly cuz
2: he.
1: But... As an audience, how can you not root for Kira after this? Like, he's handicapped himself. This is the like, most faced thing to do, is to go into the handicap match and just let your skill speak for itself. He doesn't have the arrogance to be, he doesn't have the Hulk Hogan, Roman Reigns arrogance to be like, I will defeat you all in the Royal Rumble. Should I
0: point out here that one of my favorite anime protagonists is Lelouch from Code Geass?
1: Well, yeah, you like underhanded assholes, but... (laughs) It's not underhanded assholes, it's It's intelligent... tactically superior. It's it's intelligent (laughs) tactically
0: superiority.
1: My favorite Kai comic book panel is Batman punching Prometheus and going, "Huh, I've never punched a man with cerebral palsy before. And Hunter is going, did I just see you cheat? And he says, you just saw me win.
0: Cheater (laughs) is just another word for winner.
1: Yeah, but Batman has a code where he doesn't kill, and that's what makes his wins impressive. Whereas Kira's victory will be all the sweeter for giving up his tactical edge, because he didn't agree with it morally. I didn't
2: know that he was going to win. Although, I mean... You you thought thought
1: the Archangel was going to blow up in the next episode? There's a
0: way they can lose and live. That's true. This is a Gundam series. They lose and
1: live. There are dark times. Did you see Zeta Gundam? I know you didn't. But that literally ends with everyone dying, except the main character, who is brain damaged to the point of being a child. And Char, who survives, but he's hiding for the entirety of Double Zeta Gundam. (laughs) And he faked his death. And Haman Khan, who is now the evil overlord of everything. Oh, Bright lives. Bright lives to have to deal with all the kids in Double Zeta Gundam and
0: (laughs) wish he'd (laughs) die. Oh, crap. I've been trapped
1: in another one of these? God Damn it, well, I wish I'd been shot. But Henkin dies to save Emma, who dies. Where's Amuro during all this? Oh, he's on Earth being a bitch. Ah, okay. <laughs> he has space PTSD and refuses to go into space. <laughs> I thought Bright had the powers of
0: bitch-slapping anime pilots and yeah. making them
1: uh, be Br- pilots again. Bright is in charge of the space forces of the AUG, so like he never goes down to Earth because, you know, he has to be in space commanding them. Ah. So he never gets a chance to slap Amuro. Plus, he sends Char to do it. He figures he can probably handle it. To be fair, Amuro does do a bunch of stuff, just on Earth. He refuses to go into space. Hmm. So it just means he's there for both Psycho Gundam fights. Although, can
2: we just talk a moment about how much of
0: badass Bright is?
1: Oh, he's no, the best. <laughs> he's great.
0: Bright is consider- a considerably better commander than Maru. Maru. Yeah.
1: The thing is, Nataril is really the Bright figure. It's just that Maru happens to be the captain. If you even look at Nataral visually, she she looks like a female Captain Captain Bright. Mm. Also, She's got much bigger eyes. (laughs) Bright and Maru's uh, arcs are kind of similar, though. And Bright has the mentor figure because Captain Pelo is technically still alive for quite a bit of it. He's just injured to the point where he can't be an effective commander. Mm. And eventually the injuries claim him, but... He's Ah. still there to give advice. I have not seen very much of the original Gundam. Uh, You don't need to. (laughs) You've seen Gundam Seed. (laughs) Tyler, I haven't asked you this in a few weeks, but what did you think of this episode?
2: I really liked this episode, honestly.
1: so This isn't one of my favorites, but only because Gundam Seed gets really good.
2: I actually really liked Flay's reaction here, if only because they drew her extremely emotively, but not over the top, if that makes sense. Like, a lot of times people go, like, super insane mode and their face gets all twisted, and she almost did that, but not quite. I really liked the animation in this episode.
1: Clearly they've been saving the budget,
0: and (laughs) this is where they used it all. Hey, if you're going to use it someplace, this is a good place to use it, because it's a big moment for multiple characters in the series.
1: Yeah. All right, and this is the second block of five episodes, which would have been a week on Toonami or a disc if you have the English dub. Hi! So how do we think it compares to the first five? Honestly, not as good, but it has a really good endpoint. The first episode is the asteroid one, and that kind of sucks. I really like Lacus as a character being introduced, but then those episodes have such bad animation, and they're so stretched out.
0: I agree with you. There's very little that actually happens on the discs, and like you said, there's a lot of filler in here. The first episode is an entire filler episode. With one really good scene. This one is really good. There's a lot going on that builds up later, because Lacus is fairly important, but the first disc is just, they did such a good job of building things into that.
2: Most of the previous episode actually was kind of lame. Like, oh no, Flay's dad is there. I know what's going to happen. Like, it's not that I knew for sure. And, and what like, was gonna...
1: the fight isn't very interesting. We've seen all of the strikes' gimmicks at that point, so we don't get to see a cool new pack for it. Nothing super exciting happens in it. And like I said, we don't have that emotional core of Atherin and Kira angsting. Well,
0: we get to see the Earth forces getting their shit kicked in, and that's Man, all we get to so see. So
2: bad. Although it is really nice that Flay's dad is like. How are we losing? <laughs> but, like, the stakes just don't seem very high until the last few seconds where Flay drags Lackus to the bridge. Whereas this
1: episode, nothing really happens. But, like, the in stakes that Al- seem so high. In that Alfred Hitchcock way, there's a bomb under the table that doesn't explode.
0: Well, the thing is, this episode is an episode where nothing really happens, but everything important happens. It's very tense, if nothing Because, else. like, the other characters find out that Kira's been going head-to-head with his friend, and is yeah. he actually going to be able to take him on, you know, in a serious manner to save us? Is he going to defect? He just gave Lacus back. Is he
2: really on our side? Him, and he's mostly been thriving on their support.
1: All right. High points for this episode, Zach? Kira's horrible decision-making. That's a high point? Yes. Yep. Okay. It is exciting. I, I think it's it an absolutely a
0: horrible situ, or I think it's a horrible decision, but like Tyler just said, and I kind of over-talked him. <laughs> It creates drama. Yeah. It is an important moment for the show because one of the reasons why it's a horrible decision is because if the decision isn't made, the rest of the series doesn't happen.
1: I mean, it could. It would just be very different. That's one of the things I like about Seed is it often goes directions you don't necessarily expect, especially when it does that trick of lulling you into thinking, oh, we're just going to do another Gundam arc.
0: I know how the rest of it goes. So do I. And so knowing what wouldn't occur without this decision. Yeah. Makes it a high point because of, of what it leads into. I think one of the low points is Flay getting started on that manipulative side, but she doesn't get to do a whole lot yet. Well,
1: because she's clearly still like, she's exhausted, right? She's traumatized. In like every yes, sense of I, it. I hate Flay. I really do. I can't hate her anymore. I used to hate Flay, but man, if I had gone through that in high school, I would have been worse. <laughs> uh, so Tyler, what is your high point?
2: Honestly, that charming little scene where he shoves Lacus behind the wall—so <laughs> <So> good. <laughs> Honestly, that... the high point is mostly the exchange, but yeah, that tense exchange is what I was that...
1: gonna take. Like uh, the just the way the music plays and like the the tension there, and Atherin, like begging Kira to stop fighting him and come hang out and be bros, and he could be engage in sweet love triangulation if <laughs> he just went over. It seems like Atherton and Flackis would be open to that.
2: Yeah, I feel like the coordinators are probably, you know, a poly society, so... Well,
1: I guess we haven't... They're not, but we haven't learned this yet, but I guess I'll just... Minor spoiler. Uh, Coordinators have arranged marriages because birth rates among coordinators go down the more coordinator generations there are. Huh. Is there a reason for that? Science. It also is there for drama. Low point, Tyler? Zach already gave his.
2: Um, I'm not going to have a hard time thinking of a low point in that one. Not enough Murdoch. Honestly, not enough Moo. But but
1: but, but, Moo gets to go. I don't know what happened. But uh, honestly, I'm having a. There isn't really a
2: low point so much as there are a a couple high points. there are less high peaks. Yeah, exactly. No valleys. Just just I'm going to say them
1: again using the scene of the ale strike just being equipped just to take time and that musical selection along it because I didn't like that and an episode where the music was otherwise fantastic and really add it to the episode. All right, so that should do it for Episode 10, Crossroads, or Separate Ways is actually what it's called. Um, Really? uh, Yes, Episode 10, Separate Ways. Join us next week for one of the best-titled episodes in the series, one that gets called back to in my favorite episode, Episode 11, The Awakening Sword.
2: Not Dancer of the Enemy Forces Ah, (laughs) horror!
1: Oh, oh, actually... You suck! You suck! Do we want to put something on our mobile suit list? I don't think we have anything. There's the Saigu. We haven't done the Aegis yet. We didn't see the Saigu do anything. It flew out
0: and it went back.
1: We haven't put the Aegis on yet, if we wanted to do that. Or we we don't have to this week.
2: So this episode's running kind of long compared to some of others, so we might want to save it for later.
1: Okay, so uh, if you want to check out our other podcast, Last Time on Video Games, or see some old episodes, Go ahead and check out our website, www.lasttimeonvideogames.com. If you wanted to shoot us an email, you can do that at gundam at lasttimeonvideogames.com. So see you guys next week. Bye.
2: here again what are you doing
0: hmm (laughs) I was taking a stroll then I heard a loud cry coming from this direction and I was concerned Uh well you shouldn't be walking out on your
1: own like this they'll accuse you of being a spy
0: is that right but mr. pink (coughs) he loves to take walks In fact,
1: it doesn't matter if a door is locked, he always seems to open it and go out.